Hello there and welcome to Story You Talk Radio. Thanks so much for reserving this hour to spend with me. I come to you live every Thursday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And we talk all about the stories you live by, the stories you are writing, and for many of you, how you are becoming an author. I love to introduce the idea that it is the stories we live by that often introduce us to the idea that we can step into the role of being a writer. And we might even get a little nervous about that thought and move one of our relatives forward and say, you know, you're the writer in the family. Maybe you want to ignite some of the memories and and get that book together. Whatever the real story is for you, I am here to coach you through it. And if you choose to write it and turn it into a book or a podcast or a TED Talk, we can do that. I have coaching programs that are one-on-one in the Seattle area. I also have online programs that you can take wherever you are in the world. And we do incorporate some live meetings with that as well. One thing I want to tell you about is my upcoming retreat. And we're actually not going to do a lot of writing there, but it is for the person that just feels that real tingle and sparkle inside around that story and that dream of becoming an author. My approach is to set you on a retreat where you begin by relaxing. I mean, really feeling into the ease of having wonderful cooks prepare your meals, having a room to go to with a fireplace and a balcony and a soaking tub where you can bring your sweetie or you could even combine it for a mother-daughter retreat. There's many ways to do this, and I'm offering it October 14 and 15, 2021. I do have some seats left. I'm sorry to say that the early bird special has come and flown on by, but I do have some bundles for you. If you're interested in the two-day retreat, October 14 and 15, you can bundle that with either one-on-one mentorship or with my 90-day or six-month writing program. And regardless of which one you choose, you will get a $500 savings. And that is a very significant savings. So I think this is an excellent way. If you're thinking it's time to step into becoming an author, this is an excellent way to really kickstart it for you. Because we're not going to just deal with the outcomes you want to achieve. I'm also going to take you through a very tried and true process. And you're going to feel a giant shift in your identity. And I think you're really, really going to like it. 
We'll talk more about this today as we jump into our topic today, which I got from yo-yo dieting uh, because I'm an expert at yo-yo dieting, even though I don't recommend it one bit. It's painful. It's traumatic. It will send you crying. (laughs) But there is also this approach to life, the yo-yo effect, even when we're talking about writing. And you know what it means. Yo-yoing is when you have a binge response going on, but that, that grows out of your cravings and it, it leads to restriction, which leads to more cravings, which leads to more binging, which leads to more cravings, which leads to restriction. And I, I think you can really hear how that cycle just doesn't serve a person. It's called the yo-yo effect. You find it a lot in dieting, but I think I'm going to adopt it at least for today to help you understand what might be getting in the way of your storytelling and your book writing and how we can work it out of the way. If you have questions for me, you know I always do live coaching here. I would love to take your question and help you out. You can call the radio station and Eric will connect you and I. The number is one 888-298-5569. That number again is one 888 298 5569. You can also go to my email, which is askcoachdebbie at gmail. Ask Coach Debbie. Debbie is spelled D E B B Y. I think you might have known that. Askcoachdebbie at gmail.com. And you can go to my Facebook page and send a message that way too. Whatever way you like is the way I like. So if you want some live coaching, just take one of those routes and I would be happy to answer your question about the yo-yo effect and how it affects writing. Or honestly, we can talk about anything regarding your story, anything at all. One thing that I hear a lot from my students, and if you're new to my show, I'd love to tell you that I am a master level writing coach. I studied with Alan Cohen in Hawaii. He is the writer of about 26 books, um, most of them with Hay House, several of them self-published. He and I are doing some collaborating and editing right now with a book of his that will be coming out late in 2021. And I'm really, really excited for him because Alan is someone who takes a lot of risk with his writing. He writes about things that many, many people would just say they're far too woo or they're just way out there in terms of the secret or laws of attraction. But you know what shows up in every single one of his books are examples and evidence of how it's worked throughout decades. 
And I just, I love the fact that he doesn't say you must buy into it. He, he has this approach that I like to call the movie theater approach. He, he creates a, a great film or in his case, it's a book and he makes sure it gets out there in the world. So there's many places you can go and choose if you want to be a viewer. And I can tell you this, I always come away feeling like I experienced a wonderful story as well as new ways to really author my own life. So that's just, uh, he's not paying me to talk about this. I just wanted to tell you he is one writer who I really, really and truly respect. I also have in my world because I not only a master level writing coach, but I was a college writing professor for two decades. And I have plenty of students that I've stayed in touch with and I've worked with on their dissertations. I've worked with them on helping them even write Valentine's Day love letters and everything you can imagine in between. And honestly, what I love about writing is you can put it to work where your heart is concerned and you can put it to work where your genius mind is concerned and anything in between, anything. And what I really, really encourage people to understand is that my brand is about the idea that you don't want to just write from your heart and you don't want to just write from your head. You want to bring on board the fact that your, your head is always looking for what your heart has to say. And your heart loves to count on what your head has to say. And if you can accept that, Pretty soon you have married the two in a beautiful way and you can count on hearing from both your mindful genius and from your heart when you sit down to do your writing. And again, it doesn't matter if you're writing your dissertation or if you're writing a love letter to your sweetie or something in between, you can count on yourself if you start to bring your mind and your heart together. And that's what I love to work with people on. And we do a little of that on the retreat, but more than anything, we really, really start to get into community and conjure what it feels like to adopt the identity of being a writer. Because for so many of us, it just seems so lofty. We don't understand, many of us just don't understand that our spirit really, really wants us to write our book. And our spirit already knows that our story matters, but it's our, it's our mind and it's our daily busy life that tends to take us away from that truth and makes us think that what we said we would do for income uh, matters more than writing our book. 
And I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying that if you're if your daily life and your income is pushing your book out of your life, then something's really out of balance. So let's go on retreat and let's get that balance going again. So my hope is this inspires you to write in or to call in. We have lots of time today to work on whatever question is bubbling up in your mind. Let's talk a bit about the yo-yo effect, shall we? Let's uh, let's start by thinking about how the yo-yo effect works in in the place that I know it originated, and that is with dieting. Let's first take a look at that, and then we'll talk about writing. I I was always that person. I'm still this person who has typically two to 12 pounds to lose, and I'm looking for the next best way to work on it. There, there are very few months and years in my adult life, especially, where I have gotten up in the morning and have thought, ah, I'm at a perfect weight. Very, very few days, months, years in my life where I have felt that way. Most of the time, I have this dissatisfaction with my weight. And like I said, we're just we're just talking about two pounds, five pounds, 10 pounds, 12 pounds. I've never been someone who's been 400 pounds overweight. I've I've always found my discontent in those low numbers. But still, if you're upset about two pounds, it feels like 400. And I've noticed with my writers who are upset that they haven't finished their two-page essay, they speak the same language as my writers who are upset that they haven't written their 200-page book. The feeling inside has the same magnitude and the same weight, and it's all because we don't know what to do. When you don't know what to do, two pages can feel like 400 pounds that are in the way. So with food, at least, the yo-yo effect is when, if you were me, you would late at night say, I can justify eating a whole bunch now because I've been good all day. I've been good. So I'm going to go downstairs. And even though even though I wasn't going to have seconds after dinner, it's long after dinner now, I'm going to have seconds and then I feel good and and I start to feel full, but I notice that there's some sweets and I eat that too and I go to bed and I get up in the morning and I go, what have I done? Oh my goodness. Oh no, I broke my word with myself. And I go from the previous night of some binging to the morning where now I feel like I must restrict myself deeply in the food category or I'm never ever going to lose two or 10 or 12 pounds. 
And so then I go into restriction mode. Maybe I should skip breakfast. Maybe, maybe coffee even, maybe there's something about coffee that's evil and I'm not going to have any coffee. And the next thing you know, uh, evening comes around and I'm eating a whole bunch again because my cravings are big and on and on and on and on and on. Well, guess what? Oh dear. We writers, sometimes when we are out of the habit when we're out of that healthy relationship with our writing, we do this binge out and deep restriction cycle. And it's usually because we can't work out the cravings of, I want to be a writer. And then the cravings of, you know, for the food people, I want to eat. I want to eat. I don't care if I lose weight right now. I want to eat. So what do you say? We just think about that for a moment. Think about how that could be so in your life, this yo-yo effect. See if you have a question that you want to write down and send my way. We're going to take our very first break here. But when we come back, more about the yo-yo effect of writing. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Lisa Downs, host of Reigniting You, the show that takes a positive, forward-looking approach to mid-to-late career transitions for Gen Xers and Boomers every Wednesday afternoon at 3 o'clock Pacific. Whether you're looking to stay in the traditional workforce, do your own thing, or retire or semi-retire, Reigniting You is your source for career transition advice, inspiration, and insight for what's next in your career and life. Join me Wednesdays at 3 o'clock to get re-energized, recharged, and reignited. Hi. I'm Nathan Mum, host of Tech Time Radio with Nathan Mum on KKNW. Tech Time Radio's live show is Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m. And you can always check us on the web at techtimeradio.com. Our segmented stylized radio gives you the breaking news before it hits mainstream media. Join myself and Mike Gray as we'll make you laugh. That's good. Hooked on Fox worked for you, didn't it? (laughs) Just a little bit. And learning something new in technology, join us Saturdays, 4 to 6 p.m. and Thursdays from 6 to 7 a.m. The technology show for the everyday common person. On the path to good health and well-being, Alternative Talk 1150 is the station for you. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. If you're just tuning in, I was telling everybody about my writer's retreat and mentorship and and writing program. If you are interested in going on a nice luxury retreat right now, I am bundling together my 90-day program with the Writer's Retreat, or if you prefer, the six-month program with the Writer's Retreat, or if you prefer, the one-on-one mentorship with the Writer's Retreat. And regardless of which bundle you would like, if it's speaks to you to step into your authorship in 2021, actually more specifically in the next week or so, I would love to offer this to you and you will receive a $500 savings. It is a deep savings. It is my joy to offer this to you because sometimes I find that people aren't jumping in because they're just not sure if they're going to get their money's worth 
or if they can trust themselves making an investment. So what I want to say to you is this is no skin off my back. I see this as a wonderful investment and I want to make it even easier for you to step in. I love this question that has come our way from Stacia. She is speaking right about this. She has written in, and you can too, if you go to Facebook Messenger, you can send me a message. Stacia says, I would love to go on a writer's retreat. I will be sending you my email so that we can talk more about this. But for now, this is my concern. The last writer's retreat I went on was three years ago. I did not feel like the outcomes met my needs, and there was no way to really know this going. I went on blind faith. Can you tell me a little bit more about the outcomes you promise on your retreats? Okay. So I love this word, Stacia. I love this word, outcomes. And I'm going to I'm going to go into a bit of a dissertation here <laughs> about outcomes, but here's my feeling. It really really ties into what we're talking about today. When we think about outcomes, well, I should ask you guys, what do you think about when you hear the word outcomes? I I think about results and I think about goals and I think about what I want and I think about where I feel a task should take me. Um, but I also, I, I don't just think those things but when i when i think about outcomes i feel myself sort of revving up i rev up to get something done so stacia i just want to say this the outcomes i think regarding my retreat are are more like you'll You'll get some validation for sure around your story. You'll get time to rest. You will have the opportunity to communicate with me one-on-one and be working in the notebook with our small community. You'll have a chance to voice your concerns. You'll have many of your questions answered at the retreat. But now that you know that, now that you know those will be some of the goals, results, outcomes you can expect, this is what I want to talk to you about. Because this retreat is intended to help you relax and luxuriate, I'm focusing on what I feel are higher levels. In other words, the evolution. The elevated experience, I want to say, of becoming an author. I'm going to be focusing less on here's the 10 outcomes you get. And I'm going to focus a lot more on the process that I go through with writers and ultimately the identity that I want you to start to take on. 
And I, I really do see these as the elevation of becoming an author. Because sometimes we think, well, once I'm an author, will I get that best-selling status? Will I get 100,000 people buying my book? Will I get royalties? Outcomes, outcomes kind of dovetail that idea of what am I going to get? And I, I'm not saying you shouldn't look into that because that is important. You're putting your hard-earned cash down in exchange for a retreat and mentorship and program or however far you want to go. But what I also want you to think about is that Outcomes are just the beginning. Where you're going is you're you're going into that place of having new processes, new habits, new systems, new routines, less of a cluttered mind, more of an open meditative state when you go to write. That's that's elevating your relationship with your writing. Stacia, is this serving you? Let's um let's think about your question again and kind of pair it up with process and let's think about this. I'm I'm going to assume Stacia since you wrote in you have a book idea. And I want you to think about this. What if by going on retreat or signing up to have a writing coach or whatever it is, is going to be your next investment? What if you thought about your book more as a relationship or even a courting, like like if you were dating? Let's say you were courting someone. And let me ask you, how do you relate to your book? Kind of like, how do you relate to the whole experience of courting? Because your processes really get you thinking about environment and mindset and how you manage your time and such. So, for example, if you have a book you want to write, um, are you going to invite this book into a messy, cluttered, dirty room? Hmm? Now, you might think, first off, well, my book doesn't know if the room is messy and cluttered. Aha, but if that book were your date, your date would notice, right? Your date, who you're trying to have a relationship with and get to know and and find out more about, would notice right away if you haven't cleaned your room for a month. Now, we like to think that our book won't notice. But what happens is going beyond the idea of an outcome and into process What really happens is that our mind notices that sometimes we bring our book to a place that is all cluttered up, 
that isn't really our our priority space. And we just find it so hard to work on the book. And we don't know why. But if that book could talk, if that book was really a being that you were courting, um, that being might say, wow, (laughs) do you spend much time in this room? Um, Do you even live here? (laughs) You know, they might be a little put out that you took them to sort of a dirty room. And uh, your book can't stand up for itself and speak. So what you have to notice are the processes that you have that will ensure your success. Do you have a nice place to go where your mind can be open and clear and receive the downloads that you want to put on paper so that you day after day are creating a book? Are you having that kind of relationship with your book? Because if you're not, then you might just be back in that realm of only really focusing on the outcomes, the the future thinking of, well, is this book going to work out? Is it going to sell a lot? Is it going to pay me a lot? Is it going to be worth my time? Do I even have a publisher? Sometimes those are the outcomes we we throw our mind into, it's way out there in the future, you know, six months away, one year away. And we're not even thinking about today, which is the process. Do I have a nice place to take these book ideas? Do I have the time? Let's go into another process. Have I put down time on my calendar for my book. I mean, let's go back to the courting metaphor. If you don't have time to court someone, you're not going to get to know someone and you're never going to have a relationship. And well, that outcome of possible marriage, that, that won't be happening. No way. But if you prioritize some time, it's on your calendar and you really relate to it the way you would with courting. And you think about when you're at your best, writing happens. I'm at my best early in the day. There's this period of time right after lunch that I'm a wreck. (laughs) And it's almost daily. And I have to do particular things at that time of day. And it's not courting my writing. It is not being in process with the best words I want to get down on paper. Uh-uh. And when I forget and I try to do it, I'm I'm one of those distracted, oh, self-sabotaging people. Now think for a minute, have you ever been on a date with someone who was tired? Hmm? I have. They're not fun. They're not fun. And if you don't know that that person is really, really tired, uh, you might just think they're disinterested and you might choose not to go out with them again. I was working with a client and she said to me, we were only on our second meeting together. 
she said to me, it was really, really hard for me to show up today. And I just want to say it out loud before we go deep into our day together. But it was really, really hard for me to show up because my thoughts were that our first meeting was probably going to be our best meeting and that all these meetings from now on were just going to be hardcore work. And I already have so much work in my life. Do you know, I was so happy that she shared that with me because I just wouldn't have known. I wouldn't have known what was heavy on her mind. I could see it on her face when she walked in the room, but I wouldn't have known what that was about. And the fact that she decided to just get really honest with me and share, I am worried about my outcome you know, is this all going to be so much work from now into affinity? I got to take her straight into process and process that works for her. One thing I discovered about her is that she, having several children, she finds a second wind after her children go to bed at eight o'clock and there's there's something that i can't really quote her well on this but i can tell you this she smiled and she giggled when she talked about her second wind and how she can count on it to come so her writing time her time of really feeling connected with spirit and available to her mind and awake and alive and excited is actually after eight o'clock in the evening when she gets that second wind. I asked her about the morning because it's one of my great processes. It's one of the ways that I court my writing, so to speak. I get up and I know early in the day is my best time to write. And one thing I shared with her is I put 30 minutes on my calendar now for writing. But when I was in the early, early days of developing a relationship with writing, I would put 12 minutes on my calendar. And I would tell myself, if I can do 12 minutes, probably my writing practice will grow. But if I can't even do 12 minutes then I might need to enlist some serious help. And I did enlist some serious help because I found I couldn't be consistent. I, I needed help to grow into my consistency. Now, the reason I put 30 minutes on my calendar and I put it on my daily calendar and I put it in the early morning and I don't put down five hours, I put 30 minutes, is because that's become something in my courting relationship, my process with writing that works really well for me. And so I come back to it day after day. I don't always write on the weekends. I don't always write when I'm on vacation. I don't even always write on a daily basis when I go to the country and I visit my boyfriend. But what I can tell you is that 
knowing that it's going to be in the morning, that I don't have to commit beyond 30 minutes, and and that I'm honoring a process that's tried and true at this point, it allows me to relax. I'm not afraid of it. I'm not worried about who's going to be my publisher, what are going to be the outcomes, how many books are going to sell, is this going to become a speech, all of those outcomes. I don't even go there. I'm in a process that works for me, and it feels If I feel the ease of it, I don't worry about it. And I often write a little bit more. And sometimes I look at the clock and I see I've been there for 28 minutes. And I giggle to myself that it's just shy of 30. And I sip on coffee for the last two minutes. And I call it good. But there was a time in my life when I wouldn't have been able to do that. I wouldn't have been able to lean into the ease of my process because I would have been so obsessed with the outcomes I had to get done. And uh, honestly, I've just found that doesn't serve me. And so I don't do it and I don't really teach it at this point. Look at this. It's time for our second and our last break. Uh, Stacia, I hope that served you. If there's anyone else who wants to write in, I am happy to take your questions. Stay tuned. We're coming right back. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. Bringing good vibes to the Puget Sound and the world. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. I'm just having myself a wonderful time here talking to you about the yo-yo effect of writing. Yeah, I know we associate this idea of the yo-yo effect with food and how a person, especially me, this person, oh, I've spent years and years just yo-yoing between the the binging and the restricting of food, the binge, the restrict, the binge, the restrict. And um, it's never, it's never served me. And yet having no idea how to work with my cravings sends me back to that yo-yo effect time and time again. But because I know that it's real I started to think about how have I been that way with my writing? 20 years ago when I first, actually it was even longer ago than that now, I was first starting to teach in the classroom. I was teaching writing courses. I was in my early 30s and I had this terrible fear that I had, I was how do I say this? I was really, really happy with myself that I had 
done so much fiction writing. I was on the brink of really starting to look into an agent for my fiction writing. And I was excited about that. But I was also brand new as a writing teacher. And what I found (laughs) quickly was that I needed a lot of time to be a teacher. And I wasn't doing any more fiction writing. In fact, that just made its way into the far and distant background of my life. And for literally five years, I walked around complaining that I didn't think it would ever happen again, that my whole idea around writing was done over. And this this also, if you don't mind me blabbing on about my story here, this also had a deep wound going on because at that time I was I was married to a man who was prolific, who wrote the most beautiful poetry I had ever seen in my life, who not only could delight your ear with the sounds of words, but if you really, really studied what he was doing with his poetry, you would find he was exceptional. He was so talented. And what he had was this thing that I was so jealous of. He had a writing practice. Station, I just a moment ago, we were talking about the difference between outcomes and process. My my ex-husband had what was called a writing process. He wasn't just looking for the outcome of creating more and more and more pieces of work for the, the body of poetry he was creating, but he also had a daily process that worked for him. And I was, I was sick with envy because I didn't. And yet I couldn't really relax I had a brand new teaching career that was exciting for me, but I was watching my relationship with writing, especially as a fiction writer, just die, just die on the vine. I, I, was, I was like envisioning this wilting plant every single day, and it, it hurt. It hurt badly. What I can tell you is that I had this sense that I needed to nurture what I call an identity. When when we start by thinking of our outcomes, we're really thinking about results and goals, and they're important. But at some point, we move on to the processes that are going to help us that are going to refine what we want to do. And eventually we claim what I call an identity. I I also see these words, these exact words, outcome, process, and identity in the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. My original words were goals, 
Well, actually, I'm just not even going to go down that road because I don't want to confuse you. But the, the words I want to leave with you especially if you're like me and you're a yo-yo writer, you're, you're someone that is afraid of all the temptations that come along and that might take you away from believing in your writing, producing your writing. I want you to think about the idea that outcomes, outcomes are those results and goals you're after. It's important to think about them. But at some point, you want to move into the processes that serve you, not the ones that you have to white knuckle your way through. And honestly, that's what I was doing as a young teacher. I was really trying to come up with ways to be just like my husband. He had process down and I didn't. And I was envious and I wanted to be a teacher and a writer teacher and a writer. I was obsessed with this. But here's what happened. The longer I I was a teacher, the more on a daily basis, if I think back, I mean, my first few quarters, I was, I was teaching those early, early morning classes. So I was up at five o'clock, you know, walking to the bus stops shortly after 6 a.m. In the Seattle area, it's dark here at that time of day, except for the summer, of course. But, you know, I, I was really, really inventing myself as a teacher. And so I was coming into this third area of building deep habit with myself and a deep relationship with myself. I was, I was really relating as a teacher. And for me, it meant that had to really take root. I had to find my grounding in that because I started that career without already knowing exactly how I would bring my fiction writing with me. I didn't know how I would do that. I was now teaching when I used to be writing. It, there was no negotiating here. I couldn't be in the classroom and be in a quiet space producing my writing at the same time. So I had to find another way. But what I realized was my identity was shifting. I was, I was starting to understand who am I as a teacher? Who am I as a woman who gets up at five o'clock in the morning, who starts walking down to the city bus stop at 6 a.m., who works 40 hours a week and, and really relishes in the idea that I'm, I've made it, I've now got benefits, <laughs> I have a retirement fund, you know, these things that I had I had wanted so badly, but it, it felt like I was leaving something behind my identity as a fiction writer. And what I found was that I was able to bring that identity of writing back after establishing my career. And it took a lot of time for me. But here's what I want to impart on you. And that is, if you're starting something huge right now, and I'm not talking about your book, 
I'm talking about if you're becoming a mother for the first time, if you are stepping into living in a brand new country, if you are, oh, what else? You're getting married. You know, if you're doing something huge and you've never done it before, I'm just going to tell you now is not the time to identify as a brand new author because you're already committed to identifying as something else. But here's the great news. Once you have identified as a mother, as someone who lives abroad, as a new wife or whatever it is, for me, it was becoming a new teacher. Once you feel that identity and you know a little bit more about your worldview from that place, your image from that place, you understand your beliefs, that's a really good time to elevate your writing and to really think about how you are now going to identify as an author. And this is what just gets me so excited. This is why I offer one-on-one mentorship, why I offer writing programs for 90 days and six months, why I offer retreats, because I want to take you down that path of claiming your identity as a writer. You... You might not know it, but you are constantly authoring your life. You're constantly making choices that are part of the story of your life. But stepping into the identity of being a writer and author of a book means you're choosing the chapters. You're choosing how you want to write them. You're choosing those earlier stages of results and goals, processes, habits, and really, really identifying the systems that work with your own learning examples and learning styles. And that's that's what's going to take you into the identity of being an author. It's quite a process. It doesn't mean it has to take 10 years, two decades. It doesn't have to go on and on and on like that. But there are some things you need in place first. You need to feel a certain security in your life. If you're a brand new mother and you're up all night and all day, this might not be the time to write your book. If you are brand new at living in a new country, new culture, new language, it might be the time to write your book, but it it probably isn't. It's probably a time to take on a radical journaling (laughs) experience before you actually are writing your book. But I want you to think about the fact that it's, it's not that you're postponing. It's that you're embracing process and systems because your identity matters as an author. 
I take people on retreats because I don't want them to push their way into a new identity. I want them to relax. I want them to feel into the ease of their spirit and really hear what does this book want me to share with the world? Think of what I said to Stacia when you are writing you're claiming almost a courting relationship. You're being with your book in particular environments, a particular time of day. You're working with your brain and your own learning styles. You're working with a mentor who is leading you. There's a lot at stake, but if you are ready and you desire it, if you are ready to elevate yourself into really investing in you as you should, then that new identity as an author, it's waiting for you. It will be there. I found it was there for me. I watched it there for my husband and I've seen it with so many others and I've led people straight to it. Why don't you let me know? by writing to Ask Coach Debbie, and that's D-E-B-B-Y, askcoachdebbie at gmail.com if this is your time to identify as an author. It'll help you stop that yo-yo effect and get those cravings for just some wild and crazy outcomes going. I hope this has served you, my friends. I love getting together with you on Thursdays and bringing you new topics to inspire your writing. Until we meet next week, namaste, my friends. Mm-hmm.